Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Rooted and Grounded. I'm Sean. And I'm Madison. And this podcast where we like to talk about God, His Word, and having conversations about things that really matter. And I really like that. And I like, so far, the, the episodes that we've had. And today we have another one. We have another guest today. Someone that means a lot to both of us. So... I'm excited about that, and we'll get to that in our topic today right after this. So today we have a very special guest that I am very excited about. It is my very own mom, Shannon Hostetler, and I am really glad that we finally got you to come on here and do this because... You were one of the first people that I wrote down whenever we talked about having guests on. Mm-hmm. And so, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you that. I just slid it casually and like, hey, you want to come be on the podcast? And I was like, I don't know what to talk about. But you have so many good things to talk about. So, I guess we know about you, but in case there's someone out there that doesn't. I mean, obviously there is, but... Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I am... Should I say my age? (laughs) If you want to. (laughs) Happily in my 40s. I always say I got to have another birthday. I get excited about that. Not everybody gets to. Married to Eric, have four children, and currently, yeah, involved in school, church, and lead a busy life just like everybody else at this age. Mm Mm-hmm. I think busy lives are inevitable, no matter what age you are. Because if you are not busy, what are you doing? Being busy is usually good things. That's funny because the sermon yesterday um, in PA was all about how we shouldn't be busy. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it made me think of it. But there's there's a happy medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think busy can... mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, what are you passionate about? Ha ha ha. I don't pursue things. I just, um, I guess whatever gets dropped in front of me. I try to be passionate about it. Uh, We're involved in the school here. And to begin with, I was not passionate about that. I drug my feet. And it finally boiled down to me asking God, um, give me a love for this. Give me a passion for these kids. They're our next generation. They are the next church. And if I don't care about them, what becomes of them? And so I have felt a passion for the school and for the children. And just to love them, to, I guess, for who they are. Mm -hmm. And to show an interest in their little lives. And so that's one thing that I enjoy right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that. (laughs) It comes out and us teachers can see that. it's, It's a real blessing. Well, I guess I'm also passionate about our teachers. I, I like, I really like a good set of teachers. And if you don't take care of them, it's like anything else. They're going to they're gonna move on to something else. So feeding them. <laughs> we definitely appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. And we have a good, we have a good group of teachers yes. right now. Very good. Very blessed with that. And I guess that kind of answers um, our next question, which was how do you feel that, 
God has drawn you towards this passion or steps that you've taken towards it in the past year? Definitely asking God for a love for something will change the way you look at it, um, how you feel about it, and you have to want. You have to want that love. You have to want that drive to, to be passionate about something. And when you ask God for that, he's going to give it to you if you're willing. And, yeah. So it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But to, just to remind yourself, I need a passion. I need a fire. I need to keep this alive in my heart. Because if you get sloppy and you let it slide, you lose your passion for things. All right. So... Thank you for that. So talking about what we're going to talk about today, our topic, I guess you said something about trusting God, especially trusting God to work out our story here on earth or our story, the story of our lives and, and how that, how that all plays into that. And so I guess you kind of came up with with our questions for you, which is nice, and I'm excited about them. So we'll just get right into the first one, I guess. Or actually, before that, what, what, why did you choose this topic? Do I trust God to write my story? Um, I'm kind of one of those driven people that I like to know what's coming, and I like like to have all my plans and you don't mess with those plans I mean mm-hmm. I want to know we got six months planned we got a year and I like to you know know what's coming and God does not work that way mm-hmm. um, as soon as you think you have everything mm-hmm. planned out he's gonna throw you a curveball mm-hmm. he delights in throwing curveballs at us and I like to ask why why do we need those upheavals in our life and he just does this pivot, you know, changes up our story, redirects us. And I think it's for growth and to challenge us because, you know, if I just drive this straight road that I'm on, here's a metaphor. <laughs> Madison loves them. I love metaphors. We know that Sean and his metaphors. <laughs> but if I'm just on this straight single path and, you know, just doing my own thing I don't get shook up and Mm -hmm. I don't change I don't develop a passion for anything and God likes to throw those things in and okay it's like reading a book you like the plot twist and you like the you know the things that keep you your attention that's a good book but when we live our life we want a straight predictable line we don't like when he throws those plot twists in and that Mm -hmm. is just god you can um well if i have to look at my story i've got a lot of dragging my feet skid marks on the road because god threw something in and i'm like no i don't want to do that Mm -hmm. i don't want to trust you to mess up my plans instead of just Mm -hmm. saying I allow you to do what you want with my life and you to plan what you will and I'll go along with it. Mm-hmm. I would rather drag my feet. Um, and I've done that too many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
that's a question I I thought of when Madison when you when you told me what the topic was going to be about. That was something I thought about. Does trusting God mean kind of giving up our own dreams for our life? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, you know, if I would want to if I would have planned out my life, yeah, I knew how it should look, kind of what I wanted. And some days I look at it and I'm just like, man, how did I get where I am? <laughs> um, God will take the most insignificant things in our life and shake us up with them and challenge us. And he can turn them around and use them for his glory. He can take the great, big, um, huge trials that we have and do the same thing. And a lot of times the things that he uses to bring glory to himself are things that hurt. Mm -hmm. It's things that we wish wouldn't have happened. Things that we were like, why did you allow this? And God takes those things that we call bad and he can make something beautiful out of it. And we just want to say, God, what were you thinking? You know, why did you allow this? But when it's all said and done, generally we come back and we're able to say, but God. And I looked into that uh, phrase just a little bit and those two words, but God, means a gracious, compassionate intervention of God. So when he allows something big and what we call terrible in our life, but he turns it around and he uses it for something for his glory, then we just have to say, but God. But God in his mercy, but God in his grace, but God in his forgiveness. He was always there. Mm -hmm. And he made something out of it. Uh, you can take almost any biblical character. Start at the beginning. Adam, Noah, Joseph. Walk your way through the Bible and something God changed up their path in life. God shook them up. It's almost Christmas time. Take Mary, for instance. Mm -hmm. Put her in today's world. You have a, say, 15-year-old pregnant girl in a Mennonite church. Mm -hmm. It's a disaster waiting to happen. And imagine what Mary felt like. And she did not see the whole picture. We see the whole picture of her life and we're like, hey, it worked out. It was great. God used this story. And look what came of it. She did not see that. It was literally, what, one minute at a time, one hour at a time. What are the ladies outside by the well going to think of me? Mm -hmm. Yet she trusted God with her story. I can't see the whole picture of my life. I have to be able to sit back and say, I trust you. But God can use this. Even when it's hard and it's ugly for me to walk through right now, God can use this. And I think part of that with, with you, you said, like, do I have to give up my dreams? I think the idea of like giving up our dreams to God and, and, and handing those over and handing over the control to our life makes us feel like we're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. like, there's no way we can enjoy this because it's not what I have chosen. And we, I think part of it is remembering who God is. And I don't think he just sits up there and goes out of his way to like, mm -hmm. I'm going to make them miserable with this. But also trusting God with your story 
when you put your complete trust in him, you aren't miserable mm -hmm. in the middle of what could be a crisis in your life because of that trust. Exactly. It was yesterday for church we were down. We were down in New York City and the 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 preacher we were listening to, he was talking about he was talking about death. And he was talking about especially he was passage he was working through with Second Corinthians where Paul is going off about, you know, we're in this body, yes, here on earth, but we really <laughs> I desire to be with God right now. And why I'm saying all that was one thing One thing he was talking about was those trials, those things Paul says in one of those verses, 2 Corinthians, where he, he says, yes, these little these little trials we have are hard. Yes, they are. But they are bringing, they are bringing us so a great glory that is coming. So amazing. And I had to think, so many, most of the people in the world think that like this life is all that there is and like this is like this is their life they want to live but like christians like <sighs> there's just more like it's it's they they see life and how it is and they're just like anything can happen to them mm -hmm. like anything but it's and okay. they have joy mm -hmm. because god is good because god mm -hmm. is everything to us and and that that's why also when I had to think of giving up like my dreams for my life and what I think my life is going to be like, because all of a sudden when something comes in, like you said, and messes that up, I just think, oh, well, this is terrible. <laughs> when in reality, it's, it's different. Like it's, it's God like working, giving us, giving us this eternal body, this mm -hmm. eternal glory that's going to happen, which is an amazing thing. If I wouldn't have something like these things messing up my life, or we call it messing up, but yeah. if I would not got, have God allowing these things in my life or bringing them, I would not have that longing for heaven mm -hmm. for the end. Mm -hmm. I would be completely satisfied being here because mm -hmm. my plan's all made. I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's when we struggle and we are so tired of life here mm -hmm. that we long for that ending. Yep. And... I was thinking about some of the trials that we face, and it's different for everybody. What I feel is big in my life may be something small to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, there's health issues. Everybody has some of those, but those also dif uh, you know, vary in different degrees. There's relationship issues, grief. There's work stress. There's death. The list is never ending. But then in another sense, I was thinking about some of them... Um, maybe as teenagers or, you know, getting to this, what do you call the start of your life now? But, you know, moving mm -hmm. on in life. It's what God called you to. Um, maybe your dream was to be married and God called you to be single. Maybe your dream was to be a missionary in Asia and God called you to be a school teacher at home. Mm -hmm. Maybe your dream was to be a doctor and God calls you to be a mom. Maybe your dream is still, you know, later in life, you know, thinking, being older. Your dream is still to be married and God called you to be a widow or a widower. The story never ends on what we dream of, mm -hmm. but God calls us to something else in life. It's because I had a different plan. 
than what God did. But am I willing to say, God, I trust your plan, and I'm going to be okay with what you have called me to, and be happy in it. Mm -hmm. I can, like I have done in my life, God brought something to my life, and I literally drug my feet, and you know, leaving the skid marks behind me on the road. I don't want to do this. I do not want to do this. And that's not being, that's not trusting God. It's still fighting for my will, even whenever he has mm -hmm. something else for me. Mm -hmm. um, Johnny Erickson Tata says, sometimes God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. It's mm -hmm. going to hurt mm -hmm. for a little bit. But he is permitting something. He's allowing something in our life. And it's going to accomplish what he loves. And that leads to the verse in Job 23.10. It says, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Mm -hmm. We're walking through that fire, but, and we feel the fire, we feel the flames, and it's hot and it hurts. But what is it purifying me to be? What's it taking out of me? It's, get rid, it's getting rid of the impurities mm -hmm. and leaving gold. Mm -hmm. An all-wise God regulates the heat of the furnace according to the needs of his people. Mm -hmm. So what he's burning out of me is not the same thing. As for you, my trial is not your trial. And I can't look at someone else and say, well, you barely have anything. Because it's what they need right then. Mm -hmm. But then I also had the question, what is gold to God? He purifies us so that we come forth as gold. What is gold? Because <laughs> when you were talking earlier, I, did, I thought of the verse in James. James, that the trial of your faith being much more precious mm -hmm. than a gold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, 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 that's for Peter. Right? I don't know. I can't think. I we should can't. be better at biblical references <laughs> if we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the verse that says the trial of your faith being much more precious than a gold that perisheth, because I thought when you were saying your metaphors of the, the car or the path, <laughs> and then the other things, I think, well, it's just like what God talks about, about gold and how smiths like heat up gold and then they, uh, and they heat it up again they do it again and again again and they keep putting it through the heat until it comes out pure gold mm -hmm. that's beautiful but that's a quote like so that that goes right with like what is gold i think it can be different in everyone god refining me maybe he wants a more intimate relationship with me mm -hmm. um when he's putting someone else through the trial, maybe he wants to get rid of something in their life. Um, change your mindset even, change your outlook on life. They're, his definition of gold, I think, differs for different people in, in the trial that they're facing at the time. So that kind of, we'll kind of go into the last, or the third question that we had. Last question we had, what is something that, what's something that can help us walk through a time like this in our life? So you have two choices whenever you're facing something. Um, the, fir the first choice uh, is to fight it and to argue with God. And you have this disappointment, and that can lead to anger and just all the things. You have your heart set on something, and God is calling you to something else. He closes doors or opens a door somewhere else, or he allows something to happen. There's a death. Um, you name the, the trial that you're going to face. You can kick and scream about it. I've tried it. 
didn't do me any good. Okay, the second thing that you can do is to choose to acknowledge it and accept it and trust God. It sounds very easy, but it is harder to do that than what you think. God already knows that I'm struggling with accepting what he brings. These trials are not a surprise to him. Mm-hmm. So why do I try to hide it? It's like the little kid that has a piece of candy. <laughs> they put their hand behind their back and like, no, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And all the while I know that they do, you know. God wants honesty, and He wants open communication with us. Mm-hmm. And when you communicate with someone, it's not one way. Just me continually talking to you, that's not communication. I need a, a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And that leads into the word called lament. And it's a biblical term of passionate grief or sorrow. So when this trial comes up in your life... Um, And I'm going to choose to trust God in this. But it's hard. Something that uh, one-third of the Psalms are poems of lament. And there's four words that go with that. It's to turn, complain, to ask, and to trust. And when I have this issue that I'm dealing with, And this is when I take it to God very honestly and I turn to Him. Coming back to communicating, whenever you talk to someone, you don't like to talk to somebody that has their back turned to you. You want to be facing them. You want eye contact. Or maybe you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to look at them to, to address them. So I need to turn to God and to address Him. And then to the second one, to complain and just tell God exactly how I feel because he already knows. Express your grief about life unraveling and I really did not want to be walking through this. I don't like this. This hurts. This hurts so much. And then after you complain, you ask. And Hebrews 4.16 says, Come boldly. Mm -hmm. Lay your things out there and say, God, I really want to see this happen in this situation. Here's how I feel. You know how I feel. Apply this to my life. And then to trust after that. And this one's hard. You know it, but to believe it, I trust God. And it's where you walk with your hands open instead of closed. We like to have a clenched fist. I'm not going to do this. I don't like this. But when I open my hands, I'm a lot less um, quick to shake them at God. Mm -hmm. When I have open hands and I say, here they are, it's out here for you. You can take the Psalms and um, something that I have done often in lament. um, If you look through the Psalms, you'll quickly be able to pick out which ones are a Psalm of Lament when David starts talking and he just, he's angry at God and he addresses him and he just cries out to him and he's like, how long will you forget me? Then he asks this questions, he complains and he asks and then in the end he always comes around, but I trust in you. And I take uh, 
well, backing up about seven years when my brother passed away, um, I had a hard time being okay with this. Um, that's not really the word. I had a hard time trusting God with this situation and really getting back into his word. When I did, I went to Psalms and I read these and they really, really spoke to me because it's how I felt. It hurt so, so much. And then I read something about turning a Psalm of Lament into your own. And I would do that, um, especially Psalm 13. I would pick it apart and I used some of the words from it, but I also put some of my own in it. And it was just, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Do you not hear my cries or see my tears? How long will you look the other way? Are you even listening? How long must I struggle with the anguish of my soul, the sorrow in my heart every day? You see what's happening in life. Do you not care? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the light of my eyes or I will die. Give me answers for this pain, this burden pressing the breath from my lungs. Oh God, you know how this loss makes me feel. I crave your spirit. I long to hear your comfort and direction. Answer my cries, lest I die. But I trust in your unfailing love. I know that you love me and care for my heart. I know that you are working in mysterious ways, and I trust the wonder of your ways. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I know you are walking with me at each step in this valley. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been so good to me. I trust you, Lord, to lead me in this path. No matter how hot the fire burns, I know that you will stand with me in the flames. You are my Savior. In you I trust, O Lord, my God. You are my refuge, my Redeemer. And that's to take a psalm of lament and turn it into something for your own heart, for yourself, and to cry out that pain to God when you're walking through something to acknowledge it, to address him, but then come around and open your hands and say, I trust you. There's a quote that says, I don't remember who it's by, but it says, the painful questions that had once created a barrier between him and God had now become a vehicle to draw him closer. Mm -hmm. And that always reminds me of the Psalms and of lament and those situations. Isn't it just amazing, though, that kind of what we've been talking about this whole time and like that, like I know, like, man, so you both have, there's a lot of things in life that like some big trials that you've gone through or I've gone through. And it's just amazing that you can take those things that are so hard and hurt so deep and then turn them around and use them for God's glory. I always say that I could not change what happened. God allowed it to happen. And this is for anything that God allows in your life. I cannot change that fact. But I can change the outcome mm -hmm. inside me. I can be bitter, I can be angry, and I can drag my feet. Or... I can allow God to use this for his glory. 
Aubrey Sampson says in her book, The Louder Song, God hears our cries. He desires and deserves our praise, but he also wants our lament and honest feelings. And that is what we give when we cry out to God. He deserves the praise, but he also wants to know what we're feeling inside. When he hears our cries, he is moved to action. He is not a passive listener. He wants our what if and it should have been this way. God longs to hear that. That's communication. And when you lament those things, sometimes it opens your eyes to different things. You see streams in the desert. I would not be who I am today if it not had been for that. This changed me in a way so drastically that I'm a complete different person than I would have been if it had not been for the circumstances that I had to walk through. Um, Leslie Leland Fields said the Israelites did not know that God came not to save his people from their storm and suffering, but to save them through their storm and suffering. We forget that so often. Mm -hmm. God didn't come to take us out and to let us, you know, walk through green pastures all nice and Mm -hmm. calm. He's going to be there with us in the storm instead of taking us out of the storm. Mm-hmm. And being willing to, to sacrifice that desire to be taken out of the storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sometimes I don't like, I don't like that calling to, to give up, to sacrifice mm-hmm. my desire to be taken out of the storm, be taken out of the struggle. But but like you said, like to I forget so often like the joy that comes from that suffering mm-hmm. and going through that storm because on the other side of it, on the other side of that sacrifice and storm and seeming loss, like when once you're on the other side of that, like how like I you think it's impossible to call that suffering at all then. Mm-hmm. Because because like we said, like the glory and the joy that that brings and the intimacy with Christ that that brings and the, the reward is so, so, so much ever greater than any of that sacrifice or storm was ever. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to walk through it in order to get to that joy? Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing... One thing that I want to be careful to, uh, to say, sometimes it seems like, you know, we talk about a trial and we always say that, oh, in the end, it will be this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, it changed and it's so worth it. Um, tragedy doesn't always turn into something beautiful. There's hope for that. But sometimes it's a lifelong pain that you have to walk through. And... I don't want to hurt or insult someone by saying, well, you know, if you would have done this or if you would have done that, look what could have come from that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always um, turn into something glorious. Trials leave scars, and not all scars are visible. They're kind of like a tattoo. You can have a tattoo and hide it. You can have a scar and hide it. Some of them fade. And not everybody that walks up to you and talks to you will know, will see the scar. But when they start to talk to you, what do they hear? 
pretty soon, if the scar is big enough, they're gonna, they're gonna hear about it. But the question is, what do they hear? Do they hear angerness? Anger? Okay. Do they hear anger and bitterness that this happened? Or, you know, just this, this had to happen to me, and I don't like it, and I didn't want to go through this, and it just hurts. We can kind of hang on to that a little bit. Or do they hear gratefulness for what I had, for what I loved, for the learning, the lament, the leaning on Jesus for what I, you know, just growing closer to him? Is that, is that what people see in the scars in my life? Big mm -hmm. tragedies leave scars that will last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But what do people see from those scars? So we've kind of talked about this, or we, you've kind of covered it a little bit at least, but a question that we had was, whenever you have hard times like this, how can they be used for God's glory? This may be, um, I don't know how to phrase this, an incorrect thing to do, but I'm gonna quote a book that I have never actually read. <laughs> <laughs> and probably will never read. I actually read it in another book. Uh, it's from J.R. Tolkien in The Lord of the Rings. And he used a word. It's eucatastrophe. Mm -hmm. Eucatastrophe. And he, to break it down, the word is catastrophe, meaning something bad. And he used the prefix eu, which is Greek, meaning something good or well. So he puts eu in front of catastrophe, eucatastrophe. And that meaning is a massive turn in fortune from a seemingly unconquerable situation to an unforeseen victory, usually brought by grace rather than heroic effort. So when there's a catastrophe in my life, long-term, small, big, whatever, what do I make of it? Do I allow it to be a catastrophe to break down everything you know, to, to, do I allow it to affect all of my life in a bad way? Or do I turn it around and turn it into an unforeseen victory? It's followed up, you know, usually by something brought on by grace rather than a heroic effort. Mm -hmm. So it's not even my own doings. Mm -hmm. It's God. Mm -hmm. It is God in the story turning it into eucatastrophe. And it's where he comes in in the Bible and it says if a grain of wheat fall to the ground it will bring forth much fruit. God does not waste an opportunity. And we don't look at these trials and these things in our life as an opportunity. No. When you have something big happen or even something little, a desire that you have had for a long time and God says, that's not my plan for your life. I want you here instead of there. Mm -hmm. He's not going to waste that opportunity if we are willing. We have to be willing to be used. I think that's the bottom line in a lot of these things, is to be willing to use your pain for His glory. And once again, it's a lot easier to say than to do. But it's coming to God and lament and saying, I don't understand. It's hard, and it hurts, and how can there be good in this? But he has something in mind, and he can use it for his glory.
Um, we often see people's highlight reels, the stories of redemption, you know, the wonderful ending to the story, and that's good. God is glorified in those. But for myself, I find that it needs to come down to the little tiny things in life, to the nitty-gritty, to the tattoo on my heart. Did God change me? Did Actually, the question is, did I allow God to change me in this? When I walked through this, in my soul, between me and Him, did I make the changes that He asked of me through that trial? And if I didn't, He can be glorified in other ways in it. But if I didn't allow Him to change me, He's going to bring something else. He's going to throw me another curveball until I learn my lesson. I've had to do that too many times. Yeah, and I like the I like the thing of it. It is God mm-hmm. that does that actually does that changing because I sometimes also try to do things myself to mm-hmm. try to help myself cope mm-hmm. <laughs> or to mm-hmm. go through those times and forgetting it is so much the grace of God mm-hmm. and that intercession that just filling in and changing and all that it it is God. It's not it's not me changing myself. It's it is mm-hmm. God doing all the work, mm-hmm. and then me letting Him do that. And these trials that we go through, it's not to say that they're not still going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Because loss hurts, grief hurts, um, illness, cancer, you know, anything like that. Even the little things. I often think of the people that you know wish to be married and are still single in their 30s and 40s, that hurts. Mm -hmm. And it's when they allow God to use them in their situation, then it's good. That's when He can use it for His glory. That's when it can be turned into good. And that's living sole deo gloria, for the glory of God alone. And Lamentations 3.21 says, Yet have I hope in any of the situations in anything that happens, yet have I hope. There's always, but God, yet have I hope. Because God, if God is in it, there's hope. Mm-hmm. Pain is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But it's never only a tragedy. Like for the Christian, it's it's that, it's that necessary mile on a long journey to God. Mm-hmm. It's when he's on a gold digging mission. What to carry on the metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> what can he purify in my life? Is that how you say it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what gold is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what can he get rid of? What can he get rid of in my life with this fire? And sometimes your eyes, and sometimes it, well. Not just sometimes it hurts. A lot Mm -hmm. of the time. It hurts and you fight whenever your eyes are opened to those discrepancies and the things in your life that that need worked on and Mm -hmm. that need, um, I guess, pulled out of you. And somebody recently described it or like spoke of that as she said, I'm so grateful every time my eyes are open to that because... If I didn't have those, the human tendencies, the struggles, the human problems, then I would not need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I don't ever want 
to consider myself perfect or or to be glad of like I'm not struggling with this because if I did not have these struggles and these problems and these sins in my life I would not need Jesus it shows us our need for him mm-hmm. so our need much. for his grace <laughs> so much so <clears throat> to simplify the term of lament I actually just saw this on social media today it says sometimes you just gotta lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling fan and talk to God about the confusing things in life and tell him you're going to trust him even though nothing makes sense right now. That's a very simple form of lament. Mm -hmm. Just tell him how it is. I don't understand, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you. Mm -hmm. I trust you to keep me trusting. Mm -hmm. And I, I was reading about a man I admire very much. It was C.T. Studd. It's amazing just if you think about a a person who is or who was just, I mean, all for Jesus. I mean, it was all. It was C.T. Studd. It was amazing. And he wrote a book called Chocolate Soldier, which (laughs) which is kind of funny because, like, kind of the idea of no no more being a chocolate soldier <laughs> mm-hmm. because like we said about gold and heating it like what happens to chocolate when heat is put on it oh, it melts <laughs> it just disintegrates and melts and but not being a chocolate soldier and when the heat comes instead of melting and just giving up and saying i don't like this mm-hmm. <laughs> just i mean it's the easy thing to do but being the the kind of person that when the heat comes, I get closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I fight. I, I tell him I trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walk with open things. hands instead of clenched fists. And be willing to suffer this mm-hmm. if it brings glory to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> That was an amazing conversation about mm-hmm. trusting God, and I really appreciate it. And it kind of, so we'll, we'll go to our last question. I guess, what is, what is one thing, what a piece of advice you could give to your younger self, if you could? Probably all the things I yell at my children. <laughs> uh, don't worry about other people. I tell them that all the time, just be yourself. God didn't create us to be boring. Be unique. You don't have to fit the cookie cutter mold. It's sunk in more for some some than others. (laughs) (laughs) And life's not fair. You know, learn that now. Um, It would have been easy for me to say, well, this is, my trial is so much worse than anybody else's. But it's not. There are people that are walking through much harder things than I've ever walked through. Mm -hmm. Life is not fair. But God called me to walk this path, so don't drag your feet. That's what I did when I was, for too many years, dragging my feet about things he asked me to do. So I guess jump on the God bandwagon. Put yourself all into it. God shouldn't be a bandwagon. (laughs) 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 But jump in and give it your all now. Uh, I feel like I wasted too many years. Give it your all now, 
and give him the glory when something does go well in life. We're human, we kind of like to say, oh, you know, this really worked out for me this time. It's not me. It's him. Mm-hmm. He deserves the glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. It, as they say at Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was maybe a little bit... Yeah, last a little minute. last minute, maybe. No, you didn't. Okay. It was amazing. I really loved it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely feel... Especially, I know maybe there's a lot of you out there that at least I've talked to a lot of people like life, especially around these times, it's really, it's really busy and it's really like a lot of things. Sometimes it's just hard to see the, the, the goodness of life or the good things that are happening. So I, I just want to, yeah, if you are like, you are going through something like we said like pain is hard tragedy is hard and like trials are hard and i just hope that god's face would shine upon you and he would he would come be in be with you in your life as as you as we all continue to just live to bring glory to him and yeah, I really appreciated today's talk, especially mm-hmm. I feel like it really applies to me, <laughs> even though I know there's people that go through so much more than I do. But like you said, it is all for God's glory. It's all for each one of us in our personal walks with him. So mm-hmm. very much so. And yeah, thank you very much for being willing to take on the last minute, no semi last minute project. I'm so glad. Hopefully in the next hectic couple of months, we will be able to get everything out on schedule and keep track and keep up with everything. But hopefully if the Lord wills. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys very much. I pray this next time of your life will be a time where God really draws close to you. But thank you. Yeah. And we'll see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.